0: If you do have your Bibles, we'll go to Matthew chapter six, and I'll, I want to encourage you about something. Um, it would be a good time uh, to invite. Won't you pray about inviting and ask God to show you different ones to invite to come? Uh, not only Sunday morning that I am going to be addressing some things, but you, maybe you want to invite them Sunday night to come see this this movie. Uh, very good quality, but uh, also. Uh, it's important sometimes to open the eyes. And so you may want to pray about inviting people to come and friends to come and see this movie that I believe is so, so important. Uh, amen. amen. Okay. Matthew chapter 6. Did I say Matthew chapter 5? 6. Okay. Well, we were in Matthew 5 for so long, but chapter 6, and we're in verse 5 now. And as you know, last week, we were, he was, Jesus was teaching His disciples on giving. And it says now in verse 5, And when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Now, if I would say hypocrite, I'd get some phone calls about... I shouldn't use that word. But Jesus said, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door... Pray to your Father who is in secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret place will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. And then He goes on to preach, and we'll touch that part another time. But I want to share some things with you. And what we've gotten into in chapter five and the first part of chapter six and now tonight, if you go back and study all your notes and everything we've read, Jesus keeps going back to the heart and the motivation of the person. Last week, it was the same thing, except it was giving. Why do you give to be seen? Why do you give to, uh, for people to praise you? Now, he's saying that about prayer. And there's something we want to study about tonight. And, and the Lord has just brought a, a, a sweet word in all of this that I believe will be encouragement to you and, and uplifting to you. But one of the things I want to share with you is one of the things I believe Jesus is speaking here for us to guard about is the garden was the first place where, where sin entered into this world. But how many of that was not the first place of sin? Man, as I was meditating on on, on this today, and he was talking about guarding your heart and the Father who sees in the secret place. Listen to this. Isn't it something that sin entered into that holy communion between one of the highest angels in the presence of God? And the devil would love to attack the intimacy and the spirit of pride and arrogancy and the wrong attitude and wrong motivation. It's not a respecter of person or places. It got into the throne room of the purest, most holiest God and the only God there is. And I believe it's a warning and Jesus is warning us about different areas of prayer to be careful because if sin could get into the very throne room of God and to the third highest angel that there was, how much more do we have to be careful that it would not come in? And you know, that's why I I, I just love the, the sweet little children and they just run and the, uh, like Sunday night, this little girl just ran to me, she always runs to me when she's here and And she just jumps in my arms. And so many kids things have happened. And and you know. One thing I want to tell you. And you're going to hear it in the message tonight. I ask people and I say. Brother would you please pray. Sister would you please pray. Oh pastor. Oh no I I can't pray. I'll sound like a fool. Oh pastor I I can't pray. You ought to ask him to pray. He, He knows how to pray. She knows how to pray. But I don't know how to pray. You know the The most wonderful prayer there is, is the childlike prayer. It's not about who sounds the greatest, or like they've got the words so memorized. God just looks at that heart, and he just wants a child to say, Father, Father, you know my heart, you know my need can't express what I feel right now. I don't sound like they sound on TV. I can't preach like, I can't pray like pastor who sounds like Speedy Gonzalez. I don't sound, and I don't know much scripture. And I've heard this so many times and I don't say, I try to encourage them, but inside I can feel the heart of my father in my spirit. He goes, oh no, 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 Just, just just talk to me the best you can. Just talk to me from your heart. And that's the most beautiful prayer anybody could pray. So I just want to encourage you with this. It's not about how good you sound at prayer. Because he's talking here about what is your motivation about being heard anyway. You know, some people, they don't only want want an audience for their giving. They want an audience for their prayer. That's what Jesus is talking about. Be careful that you don't pray because you want an audience of people to go, Oh my God, he can pray heaven down. Well, There's some grandmas who can pray heaven down too. There's some children who can, as we read, raise the dead. And so he's saying, You know, not only. Do you need to pray because you're thinking, you know, they're just going to think this prayer is awesome. I've got these scriptures down and I'm going to pray and I'm going to shout and I'm going to jump up and down. And they're going to think, man, I'm just the mightiest man, woman of God. And God is saying, well, then you pray and I hope they can answer your prayers because your prayers aren't getting to my throne. Then there are those who pray and they pray for themselves. So they go, boy, didn't I do a good job? Didn't that sound good? And, you know, I was guilty of that. I remember when I came back from Honduras, I was 17, and God got a hold of me in Honduras. And I came back to, the local church, to my dad's church, and uh, I, I started preaching, and I was shouting, and I was all excited. So I, I was on the worship team. So I said, you, need, you know, we need to start praying like they did in Honduras. We need to pray before worship. So we get around in a circle, and, man, I, in my mind, I was thinking, man, these people are boring. I'm going to have to teach these people how to pray. And so we'd be around in a circle, and then when it came, nobody was praying. Boy, I'd start praying, and I'd start hollering, and and I'd start getting excited, and I'd start praying this and praying that, and I'm thinking, boy, I hope they're learning. I hope these old people are getting shaken up, you know. And and this went on for a while. And I I remember one time, the father started talking to me about it, so I went and met a pastor friend of my dad, and I talked to him about it, and he ministered to me, and sure enough, I broke, and I saw the haughtiness of my heart, and I went back to my mom and I told her, I said, Mom, this is what I found out. And she said, Son, I didn't want to tell you nothing. But he, she said, when you would pray, sometimes it was just so quenching. I said, well, Mom, why didn't you tell me? She says, well, I didn't, want, I didn't want to hurt you. But how many of you know you know that you know sometimes you'd rather those close to you hurt you than God get a hold of you? Because it seems like mama cared. I don't know if God always cared sometimes when he rebuke you. <laughs> but mama cared. And I told you about passing out on the missionary because my prayer was going to raise that girl from the sick bed. You know, probably because before the fall, I've had a lot of falls. But, you know, the thing about it is, is that, you know, we all have these different areas. We're battling all different areas we go in. The thing about it: is the father who hears in secret, he sees in secret. You know, it was one thing to be a child and have that thing, but as we grew up to continue to have that, that, that's something that displeases the Father, and there are no-answered prayers. And so I believe that's an area I always have to examine in my heart, the motivation behind what I'm preaching, the motivation behind what I'm praying for somebody, uh, my motivation in the worship, in what I say, because the Father who hears a secret, He knows. And so I believe Jesus is warning us, He's saying, "You can be doing good deeds but with a wrong attitude, and it'd be and it's you'd be better off not doing anything if it's not done in the right heart or the right attitude, and that this is what Jesus was speaking, and you know, as it talks in you know you might have heard people before, and I used to get on them in Argentina because we'd be talking. All of a sudden, it's time to pray, and then you know they'd be talking normally, and then all of a sudden they'd go up. Dios Padre de Abraham, Isaac y Jacob. Te doy gracias, me Dios. I thank you, God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. I thank you, Almighty God, that we are here gathered in the midst of the Most Omnipotent. And when he got through praying and he looked at me, he says, you're going to pray. I said, well, I can't match that. (laughs) But I said, let me ask you something. When you go talk to your dad, do you change the way you talk your voice when you go talk to your dad? No, I just talk to dad just like he's dad. I said, why can't we talk to the father that way? Why do we have to sound like we have a doctor's degree and talk to God all this way, that way? Instead, it's just like a kid straight from the heart. I don't want my children to come and say, Father, may I have an audience with you, please, sir? I would say, my word, you've been watching too much Sherlock Holmes or something, (laughs) you know? Are you hearing me, church? Listen, it's time to church. be Be who Jesus is, but be themselves. Be yourself. Unless Christ shine out of a clearing and a pure heart, motivated for the right reasons. How are we going to earn the trust of this world unless we're transparent, unless we're real? And I believe that th- this is what Jesus is talking about. How are we going to earn the trust of God unless we open up to Him and pray like children? You know, I heard a story about uh, a hospital in Africa, a missionary was working there. And uh, she was there, and a mother was giving labor, and the mother died, but the baby lived. But it was a premature baby, and uh, they didn't have anything to uh, keep this baby warm. So the nurse started crying, and the children, some of the children, she had an older sister. They said, well, what's the matter? She said, we don't have a hot water bottle, and, and that's the only thing that will keep this baby alive till tomorrow overnight if we have a hot water bottle. So the kids say, well, you taught us to pray. So the children got together and they started praying, Lord, little girl prayed, Lord, give us a hot water bottle to keep this baby alive. And Lord, we also ask you for a dial, a a dial, a doll for the older sister to keep her company. Amen. Five o'clock, the mail passed. A box from England took five weeks to get there. A box from England arrived. They opened it up. Same day. In the clothes was a hot water bottle. And when they took it all out, there was a doll on the bottle. And the nurse was all shocked. The doctor was all shocked. The kids say, wasn't it you who taught us to pray? Ask the Father anything in the name of Jesus and He will give it to you. And God had already talked to a woman's group in England five weeks before to send a hot water bottle, some clothes, and a doll. And it arrived on the day. And that baby lived. Amen. Amen. So that tells me right there. I can't impress God. I can only believe that He is. And He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So I want to encourage you. Your prayers can be heard and change things. You just got to believe God. God hears you. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't develop a deeper prayer life or or anything like that or uh, pray more of the word i mean as it is moved upon our heart but the motivation and the attitude even praying in private i don't want anybody to start getting a, have a, a a complex now that next time you're asked to pray well i don't know i might be judged if i pray real good i might be judged that i just want people to praise me no listen listen please listen there's enough of these complexes no more No more complexes. Anybody in Christ is a new creature in Christ Jesus. No more complexes. No more, I may not be good enough. They may be thinking this. Don't worry what they may be thinking. Worry what he's thinking. And if you're okay, then you're okay. You're okay with him. You're okay with us. Amen. So please don't open the door for any type of complexes because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Amen. Amen. Do you have that? Because self-conscious, those hypocrites, it means to impress ourselves or it means self-worship. Self-worship. Do you realize that? The hypocrite means I'm a play actor, so I am praying so good, I'm just listening to myself. In other words, I've taken my worship off of God and I've put it on me. What good could come out of that? I don't think anything. Look with me and hold your place here, but look with me. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. I know nobody prays like that. That's for somebody who's going to listen to this CD on the radio. But it is good to be reminded that the Father just wants a heart-to-heart relationship with me. Luke 18, verse 9, it says, And Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness. Great confidence in their own righteousness. And scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. For I don't cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift up his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, Oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. This is Jesus speaking now. Verse 14, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, Return home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Amen. Look with me, First Corinthians 11, where it speaks about self-examination for the Lord's Supper. But as I was meditating on the first part of this message about in the secret place, and we're going to get there in just a little bit, you know, if I have to examine myself to be so careful with communion... What if I examine myself as carefully to get in the presence of God when I pray? And so I want to read this to you. In Hebrews 11, verse 28. I'm sorry. I'm going to read in Hebrew. No. (laughs) 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. I just remembered I was supposed to... I had a personal joke there, and I missed my point. But instead of saying Pharisee and tax collector, I was going to say Republican and Democrat. But I forgot. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. Examine yourself when you pray. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. But, if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. You see, I didn't judge myself when I thought I was bringing a revival. But God judged me. Look what he goes on saying in verse 32. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Aren't you glad he cares enough? He says, I'm going to discipline you so you don't die. You don't get sick, and you don't get weak. How I many know He cares? Amen. Even when we're off in our own way, He cares. So we see that we need to become God-conscious. And Matthew, uh, in Matthew 6, verse 6, it said... But when you pray go into your room and when you have shut your door pray to your father who is in secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now how many of you know I'll just give you this Matthew 18:19 Luke 24:49 and many other places Jesus encourages listen now Jesus encourages public prayer. So don't think that this is saying that God is not for public prayer. No, no, no. He is for public prayer. He himself spoke of it on those two scriptures and many more. But he's talking about a disciplined life, a time alone. And if you're taking notes, write this down. The reason he talks about going into your closet, closing the door. Listen, if you don't get anything else, get this. He wants you to go into a place where you can close off all distractions. Eliminate. All distractions so you can totally concentrate on Him. Eliminate all distractions. Some people say, oh, I I can watch a ball game and pray. <laughs> Maybe you can. I can watch a soul popper and pray. To who? <laughs> I can pray anywhere. But there's got to be a time in our daily life, you know, the, uh, you can look up on the, even on the Internet, look up Jewish songs. And right now we've been uh, celebrating Rosh Hashanah and different things. Look up Jewish songs in Israel, and it will show in front of the temple that the uh, Jews get their talits, get their prayer cloths, and they get down on their knees in a little ball. And they make a tabernacle with with their prayer cloth. And you can't even see a Bible form. And that prayer cloth becomes a traveling tabernacle. And they cover themselves totally in in a little ball on their knees to where they can't see nobody, nobody can see them. And they're before the wall, uh, the old temple wall, and they're praying with all their heart before God covered. Not being able to see anybody, it's just them and God. That's where real maturity and real growth and getting to know the voice of God comes from. Getting in that place where there's no distraction. Because you know what? If I want a real prayer life, it comes by getting to know the awesomeness of God. But to get to know God in that way, I've got to eliminate the distractions that would distract me from knowing my God. My whole heart, my whole mind, my whole soul, my whole spirit, focused. Focused. In worshiping and praising and seeking God. If I can eliminate the distractions, I can grow God conscience. Isn't that what we want? I can grow God conscience in my life. So we're supposed to have our own little house of prayer and tabernacle to pray. Now, uh, you can go and read six, uh, seven some other time. But Samuel Chadwick said, hurry. Listen to this. Hurry to hurry is death to prayer. To truly pray, we must be still in the presence of God until we realize His presence. We must stay in the presence of God until we realize His presence. Now listen, as you know, I'm not doing a host seminar on all of these things. We could speak on prayer the rest of the year. Uh, we have tapes from years past on prayer. But about, not only do we need to get rid of the distractions so we can totally concentrate on God, but this is also another very important part that we've got to learn in, in the area of prayer, is that we've got to get to the point to where as I'm distract, getting rid of, of these distractions and I'm waiting in the presence of God, I I, I come into a realization where it says that God who sees in secret, after all, God knows everything. And when I get a revelation, I get I get a, a, a conscience that God knows everything and I get a conscience that I pray until I feel his presence, until I know I'm in his presence. Then the fear that I'm rebuking leaves when the presence of God comes on my life. And the more I pray, the more of his presence comes on my life. And the less of these other things I even have to worry about praying about, they leave on their own because I carry the presence of God. Because I've not only made time to be in the tabernacle, I am the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, there was a testimony about a guy who had a big need and he went to this brother and he said, Hey, can, I've got this need, can we go pray? And he says, well, you know, I've got the same need. He says, let's go pray. So they went and by themselves. They got on their knees and it was quiet. And the brothers thinking, when are you going to start praying? Man, i got a need. You need to start praying. And it was just quiet and quiet and quiet. And he was just getting restless like, when is this guy going to start praying? I know he's a prayer warrior, but when is he going to pray? And finally, all of a sudden, the presence of God just and he said, Father, you know our need before we ask. Thank you for meeting our need. In Jesus' name, amen. And the guy knew that prayer was answered. When you wait and you're not in a hurry and you wait in the pre- for, the, for the presence of God to come in there, and when the presence of God comes in there, You don't have to pray all kind of prayer. There's times where we remind God of His Word because it quickens in our heart. There's times we may do this and we may do that. But there's sometimes it doesn't take big million-dollar prayers to get cancer to go. Y'all have heard the testimony of the years we've seen over 20-something people healed of cancer. And we've seen them in Argentina healed of cancer. And I can tell in praying for people, I can tell when something's happened. And, you know, I can tell you, most of the time, I can feel it happen even before I touch them. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's when you touch them and you just feel the presence of God. And it's not some big old long drawn out prayer. It's just, Father, uh, thank you that you've healed this child of yours. Thank you. It's not, Father, our Lord, I just want to remind you, First Peter 2.24 says that by the stripes of Jesus we were healed. Matthew 8.18 says that by the stripes he took our stripes, and by stripes stripes we were healed. Remember, you revealed yourself as a covenant God of healing in, in Exodus 15.16 when you said, I am the Lord, your healer. Father, I praise you. You said in Psalms 103, 103 that you take our infirmities. No, it doesn't have to be all of that. It can be. But all it takes is the presence of God. And when you get in the presence of God, most of the time you can't even talk. I want to hear you. I want to sense you. I want to enjoy you. Just want to walk with you. And that guy says, it wasn't in the long, drawn-out prayer that was to impress anybody. He wasn't out to impress anybody. He was impressed with God. I'm just going to be with you because I'm going to see God impress you. That's what we do when we get together and pray. Amen. He knows my thoughts, my motives. He knows when I'm in hypocrisy or I'm in pretense. Now, verse 7, it says, it says And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as a heathen do, for they think they will be heard for many words. Now, this means you don't have to formalize prayers. Don't even get in a habit of, and they've got good prayers that are written down. I even use them at times. But don't get in a habit and formalize and live by written prayers. God wants to hear your heart. And He says, because this is what the heathen do. And he, and he gave an example. Do you remember when Elijah went to Mount Carmel and he stood before the prophets of Baal? It says they cried from morning to night. And they all said the same chant over and over again. Oh, Baal! Oh, Baal. And they all, 450, were saying the same thing all day long. It also says in the book of Acts that they would say two hours. Queen Diana, the queen of Ephesus. Queen Diana, the queen of Ephesus. And they would say it over and over again for two hours. And then, you know, that turned from Queen Diana to Queen Mary. I mean... Mary, Mother... Saint. It becomes vain reputation. And does not bring the presence of God, does not bring deliverance, does not bring healing. It's not vain reputation. It's not repeating. It's sharing from your heart and speaking to God as your heavenly Father. So he's saying, be careful that you don't formalize because that's what the pagans do. If we believe God hears us, listen to this, we believe God hears us, and he does, you're born again, he hears you. How can we impress him? To do what we ask him to do, we can't. All we have to do is believe, and he says he will will give us the things he wants to. God loves simplicity, and God loves sincerity. Amen. Dr. Carmel Morgan told a story of a group of warriors praying in England that had gathered together. And in walked a man and he seized the first opportunity to offer a long, eloquent, impressive prayer. He was praying and praying and praying and one dear old man who knew his God and the power of prayer could not stand it any longer and broke in with the words, Call him Father, man, and ask for something. Just call him Father and ask him. You know, I've never heard Jesus praying for the leper. Before we pray for Lazarus, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I praise you, God, who created the earth. No, he just said, Father, I thank you. You hear me and you always hear me when I pray. Just so simple. Simplicity as a child. Amen. That my heart is so conscious that I'm conversing with God Almighty. Look with me in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 verse 26. Romans 8 verse 26. Romans 8 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Well, I believe if we'd pray, we'd get rid of so many things. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, We don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the father who knows all hearts knows what the spirit is saying for the spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and called according to his purpose. In other words, when we get into the let the spirit of God start praying through us. Words can't be expressed in English anyway. The type of prayer we want to get to is not the type of prayer that express or sounds so good in English. I'm not trying to perfect my English. I want to perfect my spirit. I want to continue praying to where all of a sudden my mind may go blank and all of a sudden... I don't have any words to say, but, oh, there's something moving on the inside. Oh, hmm. Ha, hmm. Oh, 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 hmm. And God goes, oh, I can hear that loud and clear. Devils tremble. Sickness, you better run. Because I hear deep calling to deep. It's not no artificial hypocrisy going on here. It's the spirit of my son crying out in the spirit realm. Deep calling to deep. So it's not trying to perfect our English to be heard. Let's perfect our spirit to be heard with God our Father. Hebrews 11 6 says without faith it is impossible to please him but that we must believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It says in James 1, 6 and 7, it says, um, but, but when we ask him, be sure that your faith in God alone. Do not waver for a person who's, who ha- with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea and blown and tossed to and fro by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from God. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. The message translation says, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get His help and won't have to con- 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 uh, condescend to when you ask for it. Acts boldly, believing without His second thought. People who worry their prayers, people who worry their prayers, oh, hope God heard that one. Oh, you know what you hear a lot of times? Oh, I heard so-and-so is going to be a church. Last time he came to church, he prayed for some people and people got healed. I'm going to see if I can get him to pray for me. Oh, I heard brother so-and-so can pray for me. Or sister so-and-so can pray for me. And if you put your faith in that, well, that's okay when you're a baby Christian. But you got to get to the point where you know that God hears you when you pray. And God has called you to pray for the sick. He says, this is be the signs of those who believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Now, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church let them know what you're all praying. It's all biblical. But we got to get to the point to where my faith is not in this man. I'm not praying a worrying prayer. I know God's going to hear him because he's he's close to God. But why don't you get close to God? He'll hear you all the time. You think God heard that? May if I saw another offering. Because that's some of the teaching that's going on. Maybe if I saw another offer. Maybe if I give a first fruits and a second fruits and a ten fruit. Maybe if I just do a little bit more. Maybe I'm just not being good enough. Maybe just this and that and the other. Uh, Worry and prayers. I wonder if God really heard that. You know, it didn't seem like Pastor was in the mood to pray for me tonight. So I better find somebody else to pray for me because I don't think his prayer was heard. Pastor just said, Father, I just praise you for healing her, and I think that she is healed in the name of Jesus. Pastor just didn't give, you know, and I've had people tell me, Pastor, pray one of them prayers. You want a $25, $50, $75, $100 prayer? <laughs> Come on, give me one of them prayers. Man, Pastor called me on the phone, he, Man, he prayed, he prayed heaven down. Woo! How you feeling? I'm not feeling any better, but boy, I tell you, it was a good prayer. Don't pray them worrying prayers. Well, I didn't feel nothing. Oh, so I guess the faith don't, the just don't have to walk by faith anymore, or by how you feel, by what you see. Don't be tossed to and fro by how you feel. It it'll, it'll toss you all over the place. Matthew twenty one twenty two. And when you pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Amen. This is an invite for God who knows your needs. To come and make a demonstration that we trust him for his care and for his provision. Philippians 4-6 says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Say that with me. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. All the Republicans, don't (laughs) worry. All the Democrats now. (laughs) All the Americans. All the people with their retirement, whatever it is, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then just thank Him that it's all done. 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 That's what it says. Pray about it and then thank Him for it. Hallelujah. I don't care what my shoulder's telling me. My shoulder is healed by the stripes of Jesus. I don't care what symptoms I feel. I don't care what's going around in the world. Jesus Christ is on His throne. And I know He's the same yesterday, today, forever. So Lord, I praise You. I glorify You. I am not going to murmur. I'm going to praise no worship you. guess what you'll have the petitions it's not just the asking but the thinking jesus said at last year's tomb father I thank you that you've heard me amen so Lord teach us to pray how about that I only went five minutes over tonight let's stand up